Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Bel Air Season 2, Episode 1, Fresh Start is over, but we are just getting started here on Bel Air at Post Show Recap. What's up, y'all? It's Chappelle, and I'm back to talk to you about the second season of Bel Air on Peacock. But I cannot talk about this show on my own. Y'all were here for season one, so y'all know the game. With me, back to do it once again, my henchman, Puya. Puya, what's up? Hey, man, I'm good. (laughs) I'm excited to be back. We've been waiting. It's been a year. A year has gone by. Seasons have changed. Leaves have fallen and regrown, and... (laughs) We're finally here to talk about Bel Air. I'm super stoked for this, man. Yeah, it, it's been a long time. It doesn't feel like it's been that long because the show lasts weeks at a time. And so it, was like, it took us a couple months to cover it the first time. Then we doubled back and had our interview with the, uh, the showrunners last year. And so that kind of kept us talking about Bel Air. And then, I don't know if y'all missed it, but we did our uh, year recap of uh, Bel Air, our year review podcast in Bel Air in December. So we've been talking about the show for a year, but I hadn't even realized so much time has passed, Puya. It almost was like I had to get reintroduced to these characters in a way. 
Yeah, it definitely had the same feeling. I felt like there were people I'd see pop. I'm like, oh, yeah, you and you and mm-hmm. you. And then just getting a refresher of what their story was, which is funny because we literally did a year in review of Bel Air like a month ago <laughs> and went through all this and then had this. And it feels like that was like six months ago that we did that. So it really felt like a refresher. But honestly, I felt like the episode did really good, both on pacing and reintroducing us to everything without making it sloggy, if that makes sense. No, I totally agree. I was under the influence when I watched the episode the first time, and I was on the edge of my seat. I was like, this is good TV. This is gripping. And I was like, okay, we're back. You know, this is what I remember from the first episode of season one, you know, where I felt like I was really invested in the story. And so this was no different. It felt like more of the same, more Bel Air that we're used to. Uh, We got, uh, you know, a lot of our favorites back. Uh, One of our favorites that I'm sure we'll talk about in just a little bit as well. Um, So there's so much to talk about, so much to cover, but I do want to thank all our listeners all the returning listeners from uh you know the podcast past but also the current listeners who just found us uh thank you so much for following along with our recap of the second season if you caught up on our first season thank you for that and if you're listening to this on the post show recaps podcast feed be sure to leave five star review on there just to let people know that y'all get down with us five star reviews only if you have a negative critique still give a five star review because we only gonna see it if it's a five star review so that's how it works you give us five star review and tell us how bad we're doing but make sure the five star review is there first also, if you haven't already subscribed to our standalone feed, Bel Air, a post-show recap, please search for Bel Air, a post-show recap, wherever you get your podcast and leave us a five-star review there too while you're at it. It helps people find the podcast and the more people who are listening and watching, the better that we are engaging with y'all to talk about the show. So, Puya, you got anything to add before we get started? No, nah, man, let's just dive on in. I'm excited. I think the audience is going to have a good season here with us. I think we're going to have a good time. Everything's looking up right now. Yes, everything is looking up. We have a lot to get into this episode, but first we do need to take a brief ad break for a word from our sponsors, but we'll be right back after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, we're back. So... The first thing we have to do is catch up on Will, right? Like, that is the most important person in the show. He left us with the biggest cliffhanger last season when his dad, Lou, came. There was an altercation. Lou left. And Will was feeling very betrayed by the Banks family. He felt like his mom, his aunt, and his uncle all lied to him about who his dad was, his upbringing. His whole life is a lie. So here we get 
you know, the update of what has been happening to Will since he's left. Apparently, he is living out on his own. He says he's been hustling, playing basketball for change. But Puya, I know a dope boy outfit when I see one. This man is a teenage drug dealer. I don't care what anyone says. The hat, the backpack, the wads of money. Puya, I know he keeps saying he's hustling for for, uh, basketball. But do you actually believe this? It seemed strange to me. I feel like when I see a rolled up uh, roll of bills held together by a, a little uh, elastic band, I'm and, and you're like being discreet and you're putting it in your little pouch. Clo- it feels like that's not what it is. If it was just basketball, why is the money being passed around like it's like, discreet i don't does is, or are you not supposed to be playing basketball for money is that not a thing that you're allowed to do yeah i, I think he's allowed to play basketball for money which is yeah. why this feels like I, I i was just getting big amateur dope boy energy from him the entire uh episode i've seen it Same. times yeah this is just like more of that um he's in communication with the entire banks family except for uncle phil so we know he's still holding this grudge and it turns out he's been living with jazz the whole time uh at least for the last two weeks six days and five hours but who's counting it's just been flying by for a will puya but jazz does not seem happy about this how'd you feel about our reintroduction to jazz I'm just happy that we open with him there with Will because that means more jazz guaranteed. I absolutely loved it. I loved getting to see jazz outside of just, you know, the inside of his car. I feel like we've spent a lot of our jazz money on uh, jazz driving around. Now we get to see his house. We get to see how he's living. I love it. Also, I did love that we saw him praying. I thought that was a nice touch, too. Yeah, they just sprinkled a little character moment in there for Jazz. He's uh he's uh, taking his time out to pray. Apparently, he does this daily, so that gives you a little some insight into his religious beliefs. Uh, and Will interrupts that because it's Will. He's young. He's uh in the streets right now, kind of hanging out, doing his own thing, not really having a curfew, not really having rules. But you can tell it's starting to get on Jazz's nerves a bit. Uh, which I do I do appreciate Jazz kind of bringing Will into his home. But have you ever lived with a friend? You know, this kind of gets it gets kind of touchy sometimes. So I've lived with friends um, throughout university right after your freshman year dorms. After that, I lived with friends all the way until I now live with my wife. So up until then, yes. And you are not wrong. uh, Living with friends can put a strain on the friendship. It really can, especially if you are temporarily living with a friend like Will is doing, because Initially, and I've, and I've had this where I've hosted someone on my couch for like six months. And yeah, the first month, it's super chill. You're hanging out. It's like having a, it's a brand new roommate. You're vibing. You're having a good time. The same things that you adored in the first month, you start resenting by the second month. And obviously, this is on a faster time scale where it's only been two weeks and jazz is over it. Um, but yeah, it is not as peachy as people think. I think one of the lessons that my parents tried to embark on me was don't live with friends, like live on your own. It will make more sense. And I was like, nah, I don't want to be alone. I think this is better for me. Realized quickly that they were right because I have friends I do not talk to anymore because the living situation ended up being bad. Yeah, that happens. I work with uh, high school students a lot and, you know, their senior year, they're very excited to go off to college and they're always telling me, oh, me and my best friend are going to live together at college. We're going to be in the same dorm. It's going to be so exciting. And I'm always like, no. 
don't do that. You do not go to college and live with your best friend because you're okay with that person being your best friend when you don't have to see them 24 hours a day, when you can get away from them, when you don't have to eat with them, sleep next to them, all that kind of stuff. But once you start to have to, like all that stuff to blur together, where you go to class, you talk to your best friend, you come home, your best friend is still right there. You go to eat, you're eating with your best friend. You get mad at your best friend. Then you have to go to the same room where your best friend lives. You don't really get to recover like you you would if y'all were living separately. So I definitely don't recommend it. But I, too, have had to live, you know, kind of uh, couch surf every now and then, you know, back in the day when I was younger. And my thing is I've always tried to make myself as small as possible in those in those moments. I don't want anybody to ever think that I'm like making any inconvenience for them. And so that's kind of how I expect people who are couch surfing with me, you know, just stay in your, your area. You know what I'm saying? Keep all your stuff together. You're good. Like we don't have to. This doesn't have to be bad. But more times than not, Puya, this kind of stuff does not work out. And it's for these very reasons, you know, like. Customs like prayer, um, even cleanliness, some of that stuff is a deal breaker, Puya. Oh, absolutely. The, you know, the thing you friends, you can find and be friends with people who are different than you always. Um, you can have a friend that is a lot more sloppy, a lot more messy. Maybe one friend drinks more than the other. One friend gets wilder than the other. And that's all fine. But when you are roommates, those mm. clashes can very quickly bring that okayness down by a lot. Um, and this is coming from someone who I, you know, I'm not afraid to admit it. I was the messy roommate. I was the, the negligent roommate. And I feel like I definitely felt like there was some resentment on my coming on my on to me by the end of some of those 10 years. And I understood it. I understood, it. especially once I uh, moved in with Liana, I realized, yeah, these are habits that I did not realize I have. And it took a long time to get out of them. So I have a newfound appreciation for some of those friends that stuck it with me despite my uh, messiness. It, it happens. It really does. Uh, eventually, Carlton comes to pick up Will and... They, you know, they talk for a little bit. And Carlton, of course, is telling Will that the family's worried about him. But Will says that he's been thriving. And he starts to slide Carlton some money. Not every dollar has to come from Uncle Phil. I'm my own man. All this other stuff. I'm doing it on my own. These are amateur dope boy quotes, Puya. This person wants you to know that they are selling drugs. Every amateur dope boy does the same thing. They go get the dope boy backpack. They start just passing out money to people. Hey, go, go do something nice for yourself. Sir, Carlton is rich. He doesn't need your handout, but you are doing this because you actively want people to know that you are thriving on your own, that you're getting out the mud. Will out here selling drugs. I ain't seen him sell drugs, but I'm sorry. At this point, I know the game. Um, <laughs> so that that moment where he gives Carlton the money, I instantly like, oh God, he's really out here selling <laughs> up for you. It really felt like this is not go get yourself something nice money. This is me paying you to know that I am getting money. It really felt mm -hmm. like unnecessary. <laughs> you're look at the car you're in with Carlton right now. That you guys are roofed down in a sports car, just big chilling. You have no reason to pass him some money. He literally, in the recap, before we get into the episode, they show us the moment where uh, Carlton slips that money clip into Will's pocket before he leaves. So unless you preface it by, I'm paying you back, then I'm fine with it. But again, it's the, what do you call that? It's like, it's not a fanny pack, but the one that goes across the chest. Is it like a, yeah. what it's do you like call a that? I don't know what it's called, but I know exactly what you're talking about. I've been calling it the dope boy backpack all day. Oh, that's the um, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the when you, when you... yeah cross body bag. <laughs> and yeah, and again, for me, 
when the when the roof of a car is down like that and the wind is out there, you I will never touch money. I will never I will like hold my phone with two <laughs> hands because I don't want that flying out whatsoever. So it's a ballsy move. Yeah, it's wild, but again, Will is doing exactly what he wants to do in this moment. He, like you said, he's paying Carlton to know that he's out here touching paper. And again, he's so flashy about it because that's just what amateur drug dealers do. That's how they operate. Um, Carlton seems worried, but there's really no talking to Will at this point. He won't tell him anything. He says the money came from hooping. Uh, and it just seems like he's slipping back into his Philly ways. But he does say that he has a plan. There's a scout named Doc who Will could potentially work with to get to a Division One school for college, for basketball, and then maybe even the NBA. But he hasn't actually met the guy. So Carlton is starting to understand where Will is coming from a, a bit. But he does remind him that no matter how Will feels about Uncle Phil, Uncle Phil has done a lot for him. Puya, Will is really salty right now, and it's understandable. But, I mean, Uncle Phil basically put his career on the line to keep will from being in prison for that gun charge you know so i think you have to start letting stuff go after a while i agree i agree but here's the problem is that will was fine with uncle phil doing that right that was like a huge moment but also saved will which will was appreciative for but once it came down to lou and uncle phil essentially playing god with you may not speak to your biological father and -hmm. trying to keep him away i feel like there was a resentment there from will of uh from the from the side of you are not my dad and you cannot control me you can help me you can you help me and i appreciate that but I'm not going to kowtow to you and let you make these decisions without me having my say. And I think that was the biggest arch here because for the rest of the episode, that saltiness is there and it's very clear it's coming from a place of Will is now thinking, I cannot go back because if I do, I'm weak and I'm being dependent and I am independent and I refuse to be dependent ever again. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, So Will has to struggle with, you know, whether or not he's willing to let this go because he feels like this has been like the most egregious thing that's ever happened to him from this family. I mean, from his point of view, they've been lying to him since birth. I mean, the kid's almost 18 years old. So, you know, for him, it just it's always been a lie that loomed over his head. And now it's just really hard for him to parse that. And I think you're right. Independence is so important to him right now. And that would just make it seem like he cannot do it without the banks. He can't do it without Lou. He can't do it without his mom. And he's just not ready to get into that. So instead, he's hanging out with Carlton. Uh, Carlton and Will are walking around the school, and it seems like Carlton's friend group, his old friend group, uh, has some smoke with Carlton. Um, after all, Carlton did break Connor's arm last season, which I totally forgot about until Same. they mentioned it here. <laughs> um, so now the whole team is against him. But Carlton's new plan is to team up with Will because it'll get him some cool points. And right on cue, Puya, there's a moment for this dynamic duo like us to team up because. A girl walks by named Yasmin, and she's giving Carlton the eye. At least that's what I look like from me, from my perspective, Puyo. Mine too. Mm-hmm. And um, I correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Carlton have another love interest last season? Like, wasn't it Lisa? Then there was like a random other girl right at the end, and now this Yasmin, or is this the same girl? Am, am I tripping? Did I make that up? No, I don't think you're making it up because I remember they were at a party, right? And and yeah. he was showing her like the Carlton dance that they were. Mm-hmm. It was like it was like a nod, like an Easter egg moment. I remember that. I don't think it's the same girl because I feel like we're just being introduced to this girl. Now we yeah. could be wrong, and we we beg you, audience, <laughs> add us on Twitter if we're wrong. We would love to be corrected and not look a fool for like ten episodes here and just be wrong. So that would be great. 
Yeah, and I don't get me wrong. I love Carlton uh, out here. You know, um, be, being in the streets. You know, get you, get you get you some attention from some <laughs> of the ladies if that's what you want, Carlton. And this this Jasmine girl, she seems pretty and she seems like she's nice. So I hope that works out for him. But speaking of love interests, Puya Lisa is back. And it looks like her and Will haven't spoken in a while. She's been giving him space because it's very obvious that he's been going through some things right now. Uh, and the two of them need to talk. And they feel like the best time for that to be would potentially be at Ashley's uh, birthday party. But it does sound like Will doesn't want to go. Now, Ashley's about to turn 13. She's excited for her big day uh, because, one, well, her family's rich and we know the <laughs> gifts are going to be bussing. Um, but Ashley doesn't really care about the gifts. She's a little activist, and so she likes everybody to donate to the charity of her choice, Black Girls Rock. But she really, really wants Will to attend. So it's very important to the family that Will is there, even though I don't think Puya Will is ready to go back yet. I don't think he's ready either. I feel like it's very clear that Will has... Okay, so here's the thing, right? Will is clearly talking to the family still, except for Uncle Phil. Everyone's getting mm -hmm. a taste of Will except for Uncle Phil. But... He's not really willing to go back to the house. And this would be going back to the house. And also Uncle Phil is there and paying for this, which I think goes back to the whole, I'm not going to be dependent on Uncle Phil. He's not going to like buy me a good time. And I refuse to let that happen. Although I do love Ashley being a little menace here because Ashley's turning 13 and wants, you know, pay money to this, to this uh, foundation, please, instead mm -hmm. of gifts. But then... Ashley does the more 13 year old slash young yeah. thing of if I have one wish, that's for all of us to love each other. Uh -huh. And <laughs> that includes Uncle Phil and Will. I want Will to be there. That's my only wish. And they're like, well, damn, would you like a PS5? Like, that'd be easier. Right. Like, we can hey, do that. Ashley. Yeah. She's with the like, <laughs> I just want my family to be a family again. Yeah. Like, give it a rest, Ashley. We get it. You yeah. Know? It's like, pick a lane. Are you 18 and like <laughs> grown with this foundation talk or are you, are you 12? Like, make a decision. No, nah, Ashley's a savage. She knew exactly what we, she she was doing. She, her goal is to get uh, Will there. And it seems like the whole family is kind of in on it, except for Uncle Phil. Even Carlton's kind of like, Will, you really kind of need to come to this. Um, but Will has bigger plans right now. He has plans for Carlton. He wants to help him level up. Uh, so he decides to bring him to the Black Student Union meeting. And the president is none other than Yasmin, the young lady that was giving Carlton the eye a second ago. So Will has a master plan. Um Unfortunately, Carlton is not really welcomed by the BSU because the last time he came, he was campaigning for votes for class president. And then after he won, he never came back. So they're looking at Carlton as a sellout. We know that Carlton has some conservative beliefs that don't necessarily align with the, the greater black population a lot of times. So they're already kind of looking at Carlton outside his, uh, uh, out the side of their eyes because they're like, now that you have pissed off all your white friends, you want to come back. Um but Carlton has a good point. He says that the BSU has gotten stagnant. They sit around and complain about policies, but they aren't actually active in making any changes. And Yasmin agrees that they can afford to be less insular and invites Carlton to come back to the meeting. So not only is this a good thing for Carlton's social status, I mean, he's getting in good with the president. It seems like she likes him. <laughs> I think it worked. I think him not backing down there and, you know, not so much fighting back, but counter arguing because... Yeah, what he did was pretty crappy. He pulled up, said, your votes, please, and then said, see ya, bye. I'm dipping. Mm -hmm. But then on the other side of it, when you look at it, none of you are attending the, the school meetings. You're not attending the school functions. You're staying 
in your lane, like in the corner, and that's not really helping us. Helping us, we need to work together and like be more involved. And I think that's what Carlton's trying to put out there, which is a sound thing to say. But part of me was just like, Carlton, this isn't an apology. I feel like you owe them an if they voted for you and you're like the president, this you they deserve an apology because because you did swindle them a little bit. Because also, if you take their votes and you're like promising A, B, C, D, and then you never show up again. That's not cool. Like, you're just leaving them in the mud. You're the one in charge now. You should be trying to help lead and trying to help collaborate. Thankfully, Yasmin's there to make this happen. Because this this damn guy would not have been here if not for Yasmin. So, at least we got that going for us. Yeah, she he lucky she likes him a little bit. Because it seems like she was looking out for him. Because he definitely uh, scammed them. And he, he owes them an apology. Because he is a, a mega scammer. Um, so... That kind of puts the Carlton moment to the side. It's just, again, one more person who's trying to get Will to come to the party. The next person we see try to get Will to come back home is where Will is standing outside. He's clearly lost looking for someone. And then, boom, Puya, out of nowhere, Jeffrey just materializes out just like behind him. I yelled. I, I, and I It wasn't like I was excited to see Jeffrey. I legit was like shocked that I saw a person just appear behind him because he looked like a secret agent. Mm-hmm. He did look like a series, very discreet, straight up, did not expect to see Jeffrey back episode one. I thought mm-hmm. Jeffrey was going to be gone and then making a return at like the last minute of episode four. Kind of mm-hmm. like a roll credits. Oh, my God, Jeffrey's back. What does this mean moment? But we didn't get that. No, we got Jeffrey right back. Will apparently has called him and Jeffrey is giving him some advice. He's just telling Will you know, we don't have to bond over us not being the bank's house because you have a choice. You could always go back. You just have to swallow your pride and go make up with your uncle. But Will really isn't about that life. He's telling Jeffrey that Uncle Phil is the one who kind of owes him an apology and that he doesn't really feel the need to go crawling back because he's independent. He can do it on his own. Uh, And also he called Jeffrey for advice about something else. So, um, Jeffrey can tell that Will is falling back into his old Philly patterns. Carlton's brought it up. So it does look like Will has brought a little bit of Philly to to be his comfort zone, you know, here in L.A. Uh, But he does remind him. Jeffrey just says, you know, Uncle Phil loves you so much that he fired me. That should mean a lot. You know, I was part of the family before you were, Will. He got rid of me because he loved you that much. You got to go talk to him. And I think Jeffrey's right, Puya. Yeah, I 100% agree that Jeffrey's in the right here. I I mean, ultimately, Will doesn't know better because Will's a child. He's Mm -hmm. 17, 18. We were 17, 18. That was probably my peak being self-assured for absolutely no goddamn reason. I had no right being as confident as I was in my actions as a as a youngin. I definitely look back and I'm like, you you knew nothing. You knew zero. And and yet, you know, you really feel like you're absolutely certain about how who you are at that age when you saw plenty of growing to go. Because all of us can look at this and be like, yeah, they both owe each other an apology potentially. Um however, I do love that Jeffrey brings up I lost my job and I had to lose my job. Like, you know, and I did helping. You did not do anything. So mm-hmm. you need to go back. And I feel like this was the beginning of putting that together. Like I 100% want to credit Jeffrey for this episode. He's my MVP for this episode, but we'll get to that part of the episode when we get there. 
Yeah, yeah, we, we definitely will, because uh, we got to talk about Uncle Phil's role in all of this at some point. Uh, but let's just go ahead and continue talking about Will for just a few more moments. Uh, at Jazz's crib, Jazz makes another attempt to subtly suggest that Will go home. <laughs> he says, hey, I don't like seeing you beef with your family. Your family loves you. Plus, you know, you wear my socks. You, you overstand your welcome. You got to go. Um, and... You have to show up to Ashley's party at the very least because Jazz promised Hillary that Will would be there. Uh, but this is when Jazz reveals to uh, Will that him and Hillary are kind of going through something right now. So with Hillary, she's now um, managing this uh, influencer house. Last season, she was in like a 360 deal with Kylo. They She went to Ivy to, Ivy to buy them out of the deal so that they, they can manage the house. So now they have this house of influencers. Hillary's supposed to be the manager. She's having some, you know, creative difficulties with Ivy, who has put a lot of the work on Hillary. Uh, and she's going to go to Jazz to kind of do the venting for this. So the work comes from... I guess the, the, basically what they happened was they got the influencer house and they never fired the black ass brothers. And not, we won't really have to talk about the black ass brothers because I hate them. <laughs> but <laughs> but they're still in the house. So Hillary's first job as manager is to go and to fire them. But she doesn't like that. She doesn't like doing the dirty work and she goes to Jazz to talk about it. Of course, Jazz gives her the advice that she needs to stand up for herself. And then they start talking about Ashley's party. And then this is when we find out that although Jazz and Hillary have been kicking it, they have not made anything official. It looks like Jazz would like to make things official, but for some reason, Puya, Hillary is trying to keep them under wraps. What's going on here? I think she's a little bit embarrassed about Jazz for a while here. I think it could be a little bit of a status thing of like, you know, Jazz is not really what mom and dad would want potentially as a part of it she is an influencer so you know they don't tell you this on the show but if we're going to look at influencers on the outside potentially as an influencer being seen as single is better for the brand it's better for the brand because you know the the parasocial relationships kick in the engagement mm -hmm. kicks in so potentially that could be a part of the reason as well but it was sad to see jazz be like Maybe we're a little something more sick. Mm, not yet. Not, nope. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. No, this sucks. Uh, because it's like, man, we see Jazz as a cool dude. You know, we watched all the episodes. He hasn't done anything egregious on our from our point of view. But Hillary is an influencer. Also, she's very, very rich. And so, you know, maybe it does feel like a status change for her to be dating somebody who, you know, just like a record store owner or something like that. Um, so maybe that's what it is. But I didn't love it. I didn't love seeing uh, her kind of curve jazz because it's obvious that he's very happy with their situationship and he would like for it to be a little bit better. They've been kicking it behind the scenes and she doesn't want to put a label on it. And I'm at home screaming like jazz stand up stand up you know like don't <laughs> let her do you like this um so more of that to come puya let's go ahead and take a break because we got to finish the rest of this episode we've got to do get another ad break in so we'll be back right after this hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. So... Jazz and Hillary are still trying to figure things out. Will is uh, still living at Jazz's house, but they get a phone call, Will and and Jazz, and this is Will's friend, JB. Now, we get a a glimpse of JB earlier in the episode. He does pass Will a wallet of money, which kind of makes me look at him crazy, like, what what you got (laughs) going on? You know, because, again, Will doing dope boy stuff, and you can't tell me different. Um, But JB is one of Will's uh, basketball friends as well. He's the one who knows how to get in contact with Doc, the scout that he was telling Jeffrey about. And JB knows that Doc is out here watching people play basketball right now. So if Will can get down to the basketball court, then obviously he can get in front of Doc. Doc will see him and then perhaps be his agent or his scout or whatever the case may be. So although they're running out of time and they need to be at Ashley's party, they have to go to the basketball court first. And Jazz, being a good friend, takes them right down there. Um, but they only have 40 minutes for you. And at this point, I'm thinking they're definitely going to miss the party, right? Um, Yes, but to, am I weird for this? I didn't think it was that deep. I know that it's like, you know, this is Ashley's wish or whatever. I feel like he could have easily explained it to Ashley. And of all people, Ashley would have gotten it. No one else would have been bothered. It would have been fine. But the show really did make you feel like it's absolutely crucial to squeeze in the basketball and then still go to this yacht party for Ashley. So obviously, Jazz was like, we're going to do both, but you got to make it to Ashley's party. That's got to happen. So they make their way to the basketball court. Mm -hmm. It feels like to me that the entire family, sans Uncle Phil, is really trying to get Will to this party because they need him to talk to uncle phil right and like, and yeah. if you're on a boat in the in the middle of the open sea you and can't I, escape yeah, you, you can't have escape. to talk so yeah, i think that's what it is ashley starts off with her like i just want the family to be together and now jazz is like you gotta be there because hillary said so and hillary's like you gotta be there will and jeffrey's like you gotta go to the party and Will's <laughs> like damn okay i gotta go but you know again ashley's 13 i think she would get over it if will missed her birthday party like she would yeah. be fine but they parent trapped them <laughs> they did they definitely did they pulled the old bait and switch on him real quick. He's like, oh, yeah, come to the party. And then it, he talked to Ashley once. And then next thing you know, he's talking to Uncle Phil. Uh, so, I mean, the plan does work. But first, Will has to get down to the basketball court. Um, he feels defeated once he gets there because there's not a lot of time. Doc tells him, wait your turn. And he only has 40 minutes. So for a second, he kind of looks like this isn't going to work out for him. But he is approached by a woman who later reveals her name to be Jackie. Uh, she tells him, her advice in this moment would to be 
not to talk a big game, but to play a big game to get Doc's attention. So when the opportunity arises to play one-on-one against Big Dre, this is the moment the Will Smith decides to use this as his uh, opportunity to play a big game. Puyo, were you surprised with the outcome of this game? Because Big Dre is huge. Big Dre is massive. Absolutely massive. Like built like a six five power by like power forward, and six mm-hmm. five is small, but you know, this is Will we're talking about. So yeah. you know, in the NBA is that we're talking six ten, but mm-hmm. he makes short game of big, <laughs> big Dre, makes Big Dre look like little Dre. Little Dre, like it was just not he was sinking baskets left, right, and center, dribbling past, going for the left. Like it was easy done. Yeah, there's an obvious size advantage that Big Dre has. That's why they call him Big Dre. But ultimately, Will's athleticism and you know perseverance kind of prevails here. And he puts on a good showing on the court. I mean, he's mixing them up. Like you said, left and right. He really got Big Dre on the ropes. And Doc was impressed. Uh, but he tells Will he's not taking on any new clients. Uh, Puya, he didn't get on Doc's radar, but it does look like he might be seeing, uh, you know, getting on Jackie's radar because she goes and introduces herself. She looks like she's interested in Will. Do you think we're going to get more of Jackie this season? I do. Fun fact, Chappelle. Mm. Jackie on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air proper was played by Tyra Banks. And on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Jackie was one of Will's, Will's childhood friends. And then they dated back in West Philly. So this is, I think, the reboot adaptation of Jackie, where Jackie has no such connection to him. But mm-hmm. you want to hear my my working theory of what what we're gonna find out about Jackie? Go for it. Jackie's Doc's daughter. Oh, you think she kind of gave him the hookup? You know, like I oh, that's think my dad. I think that's what it is. I think so because the way she gave advice to me, it felt like she knew exactly what she was talking about, and you know. Jackie could just be someone who watches these games every day at 4 p.m. or whatever at the by the court side with with Fluffy the dog. But mm-hmm. I feel like this is a familial collection. I feel like this is this is father Doc and daughter Jackie. That's a good that's a good point. I didn't even really think about where she came from. But yeah, to think this woman just down there watching uh pickup games of basketball with uh, a, a scout there for no reason. Like we didn't get any indication that maybe she was a basketball player, that she had some type of connection to any other other players. So it does make sense for her to be there giving advice about Doc if she has a connection to Doc. So I'd like to I like to say that I agree with you on that one. I think yes. that we're gonna see more of Jackie because if we see more of Doc, his daughter's definitely gonna be there. Also, we know Bel Air loves to do this. They love to have Will talking to some girl who has a dad that he that's not going to like him, you know, or something like that. And so um, I could see that being a thing, uh, which let's put a pin in that. Cause I, and, and don't let me forget. Cause I have, I have a question about that later on. Okay. Okay. All right. So at this point, jazz and uh, we'll have to speed off to Ashley's birthday party on the yacht. Uh, so they are like flying across town. Uh, so we'll put a pin in that for the time being. The episode also gives us some insight into the Hillary Kylo Ivy drama a little bit more. So we know that, you know, she's been going to jazz and telling her like, I'm not really loving this. So now it's time for Hillary's chance at the party to confront Ivy about her feelings about their partnership. So she goes to Ivy who is, basically promoting her h2 iv alcohol uh on the boat, like on the on the boat and this is ashley's party but she has like an entire display set up this is clearly the ivy show right now and when she goes to her and tells her this ivy's first reaction is kind of like i guess we're a partnership like in my mind i kind of 
you saved you, but okay. Uh, and Hillary is standing up for herself. But then Ivy gets distracted because she sees Will and Jazz coming up uh, the pier and she asks Hillary point blank, is Jazz seeing anybody? Isn't that your, your cousin's friend? What's up with him? And at first Hillary's like, no, he's not single. And then she backdoors and says, wait, I guess he is single. And that gives Ivy the opening that she needs to go and pursue Jazz. I knew sparks were about to fly here, Puya, uh, because Ivy is one of those people who it looks like if she wants something, she's going to go get it. Definitely. I mean, Ivy was presented with, hey, we can take over the content house together. And she has essentially bought out the content house only to make it her own influencer house and use the influencers in said house to promote her drink. These are, I mean, there are four or five creators that have huge platforms that have different avenues, different content that they're putting out that she now has a standing point in every single one to promote this drink. And obviously by having paid for it, she feels a air of, well, this is mine now, technically, no matter what you say about, you know, us being a, a partnership. And then she's been feeling jazz a little bit. We saw this in the end, in the end of the season one. Mm -hmm. And now here, all she needed was for Hillary to say, I don't know. That's all it took. The minute it was, a, I don't know. It's like, bet I'm going to do something. But then also on the other side of things, when we saw Will and jazz talking earlier, Jess kind of implied, listen, since I'm not locked into anything, you know, I'm going to mm -hmm. do me. And you put this these two together, you put them on the yacht. Yeah, Hillary, you parent trapped yourself on this one, friend. Uh, you <laughs> set this up. <laughs> yeah, I, Jazz, like I said, stand up, Jazz. You know, if this woman's telling you she doesn't want to be public with you, go find somebody who wants to be public with you. Or, Is you know, this play something you would do, Chappelle, if you were feeling someone and then they were like, ah, I don't know, not yet. Would you start flirting with someone else in front of them instantly what yeah it sounds just, about right why sounds wait about right. What, what am i waiting on you know like i'm waiting on hillary to not be embarrassed of me yeah i have a little bit more self-esteem than that i shouldn't but i do and so uh i would definitely have moved on i don't blame jazz at all yes yeah, now what, what we are not the same and i really? wish i was the same because if i was in if i was in this situation i'd be in the corner of the yacht listening to marvin's room by drake just like yes. in my feels having a bottle of h2 i to myself are like the woman right that I would try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just saying you could do better. <laughs> That's real. Yeah. No, nah, man. See, it's gonna like my thing is like outwardly, I'm like jazz. I'm like, whatever, but we're moving on. Now, I might cry in the car, you know, but I'll be all right. But we listen to Marvin's room on the way home. We definitely it, it, we're in, like, the, in the drive-thru trying to get my, my feeling meal. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, exactly. Oh, because I'm definitely about to eat my feelings. Uh, but yeah, but Jazz has to put on a strong face here. You got to do what he's got to do. So this the thing that makes this messy, really, is that Jazz knows that Hillary works with Ivy and that they're kind of, you know, there's a little tension there right now. Ivy knows that, uh, you know, that uh, Hillary knows jazz and uh, Hillary is watching her business partner and now her boo or side boo or secret boo are all inter intertwined. And it's kind of it's messy because they all know each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. uh, it's not like jazz found a random woman. It is uh, Hillary's uh, frenemy right now. It's the so, person she was complaining about three hours ago. <laughs> like, right. But then three and a half hours ago, she said, but I'm still single. So yeah. there you go. You I can mean, complain all you want. <laughs> he knew. He knew what he was doing because if he was dancing with anyone else, I feel like it would have been a big, what is this? But because it's Ivy, I feel like part of it was also like, 
Hillary's not going to be okay with this. She's not going to let Ivy take yet another thing. First content house, then then Jazz, then me? No, mm. no, that's not going to happen. Jazz is a strategic mastermind, and I think mm-hmm. we don't need to watch another episode to agree to that. I think Jazz is going to be playing some uh, some bit of chess this season. No, you're 100% correct, because the entire time they're interacting, Hillary is giving them the stankiest of stank faces. I mean... <laughs> yep. She looks disgusted, and they're just dancing and having a good time. Jazz understood the assignment, Puya. That's that's all we can really say here. I mean, he knew what he needed to do. Um, So as the party is commencing, everyone's still having a good time. They're dancing. Carlton works his way over to Uncle Phil and talks to him about how you know, Dad, you really should make up with fi- uh, with Will because it's Ashley's birthday. And Uncle Phil's just kind of like, what are you talking about? What does that have to do with Ashley's birthday? He's like, it's about family. You know, like, blah, blah, blah. Go make up with my cousin. You know, that's pretty much what they're all doing at this point. So Uncle Phil does. Eventually, he goes <laughs> to uh, Will and he said, you know, he's like, we need to talk. And Will thinks this is another lecture. But eventually, Uncle Phil just says he was wrong. You know, he was trying to protect Will um he had these issues um and a lot and this in this conversation is largely due to a conversation he later he earlier had with jeffrey jeffrey after leaving will goes to aunt viv and uncle phil which seemingly for the first time in a very long time to talk about will and his state you know what he's doing right now in the street or whatever and jeffrey's saying right now he's very vulnerable he's in a in a spot where he could go either way but if you get to him right now and you apologize I think this could work out. Now, Uncle Phil doesn't really seem to be hearing Jeffrey in that moment, but Jeffrey also takes a moment to apologize for his actions. Puya, we talked about this a lot, but last season we know that Jeffrey kind of looked at Will's situation with his dad, and it reminded him of Jeffrey's situation with his son. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, uh, that similarity, Jeffrey crossed the line he did something that uncle phil asked him specifically not to do and because of that he got fired so there are two big apologies in this episode first one is definitely jeffrey to uncle phil about what happened between him and will uh puya how long before we get jeffrey back in the house because that apology was not like a welcome home apology it was like an apology and then see you later i think the connection is will right Mm -hmm like Jeffrey pushes Will to Uncle Phil to have them fix up. And I think Will will be the reason Jeffrey gets brought back. Cause it's very clear that everyone else wants Jeffrey back too. But I think Will was the bigger, let's get him back from the family. Now that they got Will, all that's missing is Jeffrey. And I feel like that push will come from Jeffrey's side. I think Will will also vouch. And I think the Will vouch will help here. I really do. I think he'll be back by episode three. Yeah, this is one of those things where I really want Jeffrey back, but I know they have to work on the wheel thing first, and then slowly but surely we're going to get him back. So episode three will probably be a good uh, moment to bring us back, Jeffrey, because we kind of need the family back together. We need to heal Puya. Um, so Will and Uncle Phil talk, and Will finally tells Uncle Phil it has nothing to do with Lou being a dead bat, deadbeat. That is not why he's upset. He's upset because his entire family lied to him his whole life. And he thought he could trust them. But if you find out someone's been lying to you for years and years and years, obviously there's some trust issues there. Uh, But Uncle Phil owns up to his part. He apologizes. And it looks like they finally make up. Puya, we are healing as a nation. We are. And again, I'm very surprised that we're healing this quickly. And Mm -hmm. I don't mean it's like too soon, but episodically, yes, 
not a one episode has passed in between Will storming out of the house and now Will making up with Uncle Phil. But I'm okay with this. I'm happy. This tells me that this is not going to be a focal point of the season. There's going to be bigger and deeper plot lines beyond this which i'm not mad at because what i would have not loved is if this storyline went on for three episodes and then we get introduced to a big juicy storyline that just ends up cliffhangering at the end of season two i would rather us get a new juicy storyline from the get-go which sounds like we're gonna get no i totally agree i'm i'm glad let's wrap up season one stuff now so that we can move on to new and better things yes um, so yes the healing has started and speaking of healing will goes to lisa who is at the party and he says he's done hiding and he's ready to apologize, but he's also not apologizing for who he is anymore. Uh, he's tired of dealing with people who don't understand that he's from Philly, that he's a different person that he doesn't fit in. And he tells her that he thinks they should take a break. So he's officially ending their relationship. He says, if it's meant to be, it'll be. And the two of them are now done. Puya, these two love each other. They keep saying it. How long before they get back together? Or is this a thing where they're just never going to be a thing? I think we are going to end up seeing a Jackie storyline with Will and Jackie. I like think we're going to see a bit of Will and Jackie. Whole Jackie thing. No, nah, I don't think there's going to be a triangle. But if if this is, if we're meant to believe that Lisa's always number one and Jackie is the era where Will is figuring himself out, I think that Jackie ends up being a thing until closer, maybe to the end of the season. Mm-hmm. But Lisa and Will are are the end game. Now, what I don't want to see is Lisa and Carlton rekindling Ooh. in the midst of this. I want Will and Carlton to be good. I want to root for Carlton. And I cannot have Will and Carlton butting heads again. And I cannot have Lisa be in the middle of the firing. I don't. I can't have that. No, I totally understand that as well. Yeah, I don't, I don't want none of that. And, and you're right. This season is we've gotten so off to a, such a quick start, uh, wrapping up some of these storylines that now that Will single, Carlton single, uh, Lisa single, there's a Jackie here. They're all making up. There's so many different directions we can go with these storylines that that's probably the darkest timeline for me. Like the Lisa and and Carlton back together with Will looking on saltily from the sidelines. Like I don't want that. Um. We've we've done enough fighting, Puya. I don't need that right now. Um, I agree. I agree. Again, let there be drama from other people. Let it be the family versus blank, not the family versus the family versus the family versus the family versus the outside. No. I need them all to be a united front. We need this for healing. Yeah, for sure. And Ashley's birthday is pretty much uh, perfect. Yeah, it's been a great day for her, uh, despite some of the problems that she had at school. Now, at school... Uh, she has a teacher named Miss Hughes, played by Tatiana Ali, who we Finally. all know as the original Ashley is here. We love our cameos here from the original uh series. Maybe maybe we get Tyra Banks one day, you know, to come on. Who knows? But Tatiana Ali is back, and she is Miss Hughes, and she is giving Ashley a book to read called The Revolution Has Come, and it's by Robin Spencer. This book talks about the role of the women in the Black Panther Party, because that's not a story that's often told. Now, Ashley seems very excited that a teacher is taking special interest in her, but I couldn't help but notice, Puya, one of Ashley's (sighs) classmates, little white girl, she kind of looking at like it looked like disdain to me, Puya, at literature. Like, why are you looking at somebody crazy for giving them a book? Later, we see that Ashley's teacher, Miss Hughes, is getting reprimanded by what looks like the administration. 
Puya, I don't mean to jump to conclusions, but it feels like that baby Karen from the classroom might have ratted her out about teaching like some critical race theory or something like that. It was giving exactly that. I did not like it. The minute I saw this girl stank facing Ooh. Ashley and Ashley, I'm going to call mm -hmm. Ashley and yes, Ashley. The, the Ashleys, if you the, will. <laughs> yes. Um, I felt a type of way about it. I thought, no, no, you are not about to ruin a good thing. Ashley finally has one teacher that's, you know, not only being fine with her and being good with all of you, but is also giving her some extra literature to read because your curriculum, by the looks of it, is not offering that on the curriculum. So she's kind of feeding Ashley's curiosity for her. And I don't see a problem with that. I don't know why you have to go and snitch because there, don't tell me that she didn't snitch, right? We wouldn't have seen that stare down and then the reprimandation if it wasn't for, if those two weren't linked. So that I 100% think is what happened. I was very pissed. I think that was the most pissed I was in the episode. Yeah, the critical race theory topic is always like incendiary to me. It's always going to get me riled up because there's this idea that teaching people about history the way it, it happened is now being weaponized to make people hate uh white people um or the dominating race whatever it is whatever the case may be um and that's just not the case i uh i i push back so much against the idea that critical race theory is being taught because find me a school where that's actually on the curriculum the the, the critical race theory is history looking at history from a like a holistic lens looking at what actually happened not the um abbreviated versions of these stories and, and and things in history books that we've been getting for years and years. The internet has made the world a lot smaller. We have access to information that we didn't have before, and we don't have to keep lying about things to make people feel better. Let's just talk about what it was so that we can start to heal. But you cannot heal when you're lying about stuff and when you won't admit the problems that are in front of you and the past mistakes that were made. And so, like I said, this episode is about healing, Puya. And critical race theory is not a thing. It's just not. It's called history. Let people teach history the way it was taught. Uh, or the way it happened. And then we can move forward. Um, but that was the darkest part of Ashley's day. Because aside from that, great party. Will came. She got a surprise. And it was none other than Saweetie, the rapper. Now, I'm not a 13-year-old girl. But I don't know if I would need a rapper like to come sing happy birthday to me, especially a rapper like Sweetie, like so icy girl, Sweetie. She's just going to come out, sing happy birthday, blow out the candles and move on. Like, did she perform? I really want to know what the appearance fee was for here. Uh, but Puya, this family is filthy rich. A yacht, a rapper, um, a big ass cake. They took care of Ashley for sure. Oh, yeah. Ashley also ended up with presents despite not asking for presents. So imagine Ashley got the presents. She probably got the donation to the to the foundation. She got Sweetie coming through. She got Wilka. Ashley had the best thirteenth birthday of all time. Like imagine having this kind of birthday. What, what did I when I was thirteen? I didn't get all this. No. I didn't get all this. No, I don't think I had a thirteenth birthday. I look. I, and I famously don't even like celebrating my birthday, so I'm not salty about it. But if I was to celebrate my birthday, yeah, let me let's yeah bring Sweetie. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> she, can, she can come too. Um, so yeah, so that kind of wraps up Ashley's party. Uh, and so as the party ends, we get the last little bit of healing that we need because when the Bankses get home to drop off, you know, Ashley's gifts to go up home, upstairs to get ready for bed, Will comes through the door. He's officially back home, and this did not take long at all. Puya, now that the family's back together, we can start to move on to Jeffrey. Right? We we better. <laughs> we want Jeffrey involved. Please and thank you. 
Please and thank you. So with Will back in the house, Carlton tells him how grateful he is to have him around for pushing him out of his comfort zone. And then Carlton gets ready to go to bed. Now, when Carlton gets ready to go to bed, Will gets a phone call from Doc, the same Doc who said, I don't, I can't really take you on as any clients. I've been seeing your stats and they're not really up to par like they were in West Philly. He calls and he says, I'm willing to give you a chance, but you got to come with it like you would be in Philly, not like you played in Bel Air. Mm -hmm. And this is, of course, at the urging of Will's new homie, JB, who I trust less and less throughout this episode, Puya. <laughs> um, because, and we also find out that Doc knows a little bit more about the family than Will or that we might have expected because not only does he know about Will's stats in Philly, he also has done his Googles and he's aware that Will is a part of the Billionaire Banks family, which could be driving this decision a little bit. Um, Puya, you mentioned Jackie earlier. Do you think Jackie knew that Will was a part of the Billionaire Banks family? Do you think this is all some big con? Oh, do I think Jackie's part of the finesse? I don't... Okay, okay, no, no. I'm going to give Jackie the benefit of the doubt that Jackie doesn't know better. Um, And I think that could be part of the reason why maybe they split up when they mm. eventually get together is that he's like, you knew this. She's like, I had no idea, I promise. And he's like, no, mm -hmm. no, no, you, I, you lied, I'm out. Uh, Maybe. Now... I'm th I've been thinking about Doc finding out that he's from the billionaire Banks family. I've been thinking about that. Mm -hmm. Why does that change anything? Does he think that he's going to get that sweet, sweet Banks money? And if so, how? Probably. I think if you present yourself as maybe like Will's coach or trainer or manager and you say, I need 10% or, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, if the banks love their kids, we see they spare no expenses when it comes to Ashley's birthday party. They just had Saweetie there. So if Will says, this is very important to me, this uh, big time recruiter wants me to do X, Y, Z, they're going to do it for him. Or at least that's probably what the recruiter is thinking. And if he has a nominal fee, then he's going to get paid for it. So it doesn't even matter whether or not he believes Will could be the next D1 athlete. It honestly doesn't feel like he does because he saw Will's stats and said, nah, I'm good. But when you throw in a little cash, maybe that does sweeten the pie. At least that's how I see it. I could be wrong though. Yeah. I'm just curious because I don't know how that's going to link. And I feel like this is the big juicy story we're getting. I think mm -hmm. it's going to be doc versus the banks. I think that's where we're going to head. And what I want to know is how is this swindle going to work? A mm -hmm. B is Carlton going to beat up on this new friend? Because I hope so. Ooh. I want, I don't want Will to fight him. I want Carlton to fight him. That's yeah. what I want. It's like, it's like, make them the undercard, please. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah, we'll take that. I hope Carlton has it in him to beat up JB. Uh, I, I think right now it's a coin toss, but we, we might see I don't Carlton know. Chappelle, up. he broke an elbow and nearly drowned his cousin in the first season. Carlton oh, is surprising. A savage. Oh, he's a savage, for sure. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm not putting nothing past him, but I think that remains to be seen, and I'm excited to get into that. Hopefully we get a lot more of that moving forward. But yeah, you pointed out that Jackie might have been you know, Doc's relative, that definitely could be a wrinkle in, in all of this that's going on. And I hadn't even thought about it until you said that. And now I'm thinking, man, is she the one who told her dad that, you know, like, look at Will. He's got this uh, high profile. You need to check him out. Who knows, right? So I don't think it didn't look like JB knew. 
you know, Will has been presenting himself to be like uh, almost like a street baller. You know, like he lives in an apartment. He just, he goes out there and uh, plays basketball for money. He's potentially selling drugs. Who knows? And to find out that you ain't a gangster, your real name is Clarence. You know, and Clarence still lives at home with both parents, and Clarence's parents have a real good marriage. You know what I'm saying? Like that's kind of that's damning for your image, but also something that probably Doc could use, knowing that you know you come from a nice suburban home, and uh, there's money to be gained from that. So I'm excited to see what that is, but I'm definitely keeping an eye out on this too. The, the Doc, Jackie, JB, that little group. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm watching them. Uh, last thing I want to flag in this episode. Uncle Phil is preparing to go back into the office after losing his election last season. Um, he can't sit still for too long, and he's telling Aunt Viv he's really got some ideas. He's ready to do some stuff. So he's trying to make some big moves, and Aunt Viv is making some big moves. She's being uh, like featured in a uh, fine art quarterly magazine. There's a, like, a whole article that's being dedicated to her. So it's just bittersweet because Will hasn't been around to, to, settle any, uh, like, to celebrate everything, but we know by the end of this episode, he comes back. So things should be looking up. Until we see what actually comes from these two big moves that are being made, right? So Uncle Phil goes back home and or well, back to work and he comes in. And he has all these plans, but his business partner James is like, Yeah, we didn't even think you were coming back. So yeah. And Uncle Phil's like, But I'm back now, right? It's great. And James says, Yeah, but why? You know, like why are you why you didn't have to come? You know, I'm just gonna go. And so he just leaves. And I think I'm trying to figure out what does that mean for Uncle Phil as uh, a lawyer, you know, as somebody who has left to go run for elective office to come back and not really be welcome home or, you know, back to the office in a way that he thought he was going to be. Do you think we're going to have like some big career moves for Uncle Phil? Because this doesn't look like it's going to work out. Yeah, because, you know, when they were talking, he's like, yeah, it's your firm. He's like, no, it's our firm. And to me, I think it's one of those things where he leaves, right? He leaves to go run for office. The off the the firm on its own starts not thriving, but they're able to manage it without him. And now that he's back, it throws a spanner into the order. It throws a spanner into the works of how they've been running things. And I don't think they were ready to relinquish that and bring back Phil. So I'm curious what this means for Phil. Is Phil going to now leave and start his own practice is Mm. phil going to be in the trenches kind of battling it out with his own partners we don't know but i am curious and i am excited to see phil do more work outside of the campaigning stuff because the campaigning stuff was difficult to to navigate i feel like we did tackle a lot of hard topics through that so i'm curious to see now if we're going to see more you know the inside of a courtroom phil like a lawyer phil are we going to see more of that because I would like to see some cases and some conversations that we're going to tackle from that angle. I would love to see that. Yeah. And then there's still the idea that Uncle Phil in the original Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was a judge at some point. And so maybe that's the next move. Maybe you go from law to being, you know, the head of the judiciary as a judge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to see it. So maybe that's what we have coming from Uncle Phil. But it does seem like his current plans are going to be derailed just a little bit. And Aunt Viv seems to be going through the same thing. She does this interview with um, this fine art quarterly magazine about her installation, about her artwork and her plans for the future. They're asking her all these questions and she's saying, I want to put new artists on. I really want to, like, I, it really inspires me to be able to help uh, up and coming artists so to get their, their shine, their features. And 
the interviewer is pushing back. She's like, Reed Broderick says she wants to go in a different direction. But everyone's like, absolutely not. And Reed, Reed Broderick says a lot of things. <laughs> but I, I personally, that ain't what we doing. But, you know, whatever. And so she thinks she has a pretty good interview. But a part of it is nagging her that the Reed Broderick thing is, is like in the back of her mind. Is he really trying to like take control of my art installation, my fellowship? Well, then when the article drops, it turns out that they have completely just disregarded Aunt Viv's quotes about wanting to help up-and-coming artists, and they make her look like a has-been artist that Reed Broderick has pulled up from um, uh, like obscurity and saved from you know a life of being a has-been, you know. And so it's all about Reed and his vision, and has nothing to do, and it doesn't align with what Aunt Viv has been thinking. So Uncle Phil does offer to talk to Reed for her, but. It does feel like Aunt Viv is going to have to step into the light and handle this on, on her own. That light-eyed menace, Reed Broderick Puya, is at it again. I told you. I told you when we first saw him. <laughs> he could not be trusted, and I was not wrong. We knew, and you nailed it from the start. Mm -hmm. You were like, I don't trust this man, and you were not wrong. Now, this opens a new feud that I'm very excited for, and that is Aunt Viv versus Reed Broderick. I would like for mm -hmm. this battle to happen. And I would like for Reed to get his comeuppance because Uncle Phil, well, upon hearing all this, does say, do you want to me to handle it? She's like, no, baby, I got this. It's mine. Mm -hmm. I, I'm going to take care of this. Yes, please, Aunt Viv. Front row seats, please. I'm ready. I'm ready. Give this man his comeuppance because that article pissed me off. She was essentially saying, you know, this foundation, I'm going to have it and we're going to bring in new artists. And the article made it seem like, yeah, she's a rescue, rescued by <laughs> Reed Broderick. And uh, no, 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 you want beef and we will give you beef. Fresh platter. <laughs> yeah, he was not fighting words. He really did call her an old has-been, you know, hang it up, flat screen. You know, um, that was tough. But Aunt Viv can handle herself. We've seen her do it in the past. And she also has the best backup in the world, who is Uncle Phil, who knows the law for one. But also, it's kind of a big guy. He looks like he's pretty intimidating. Like, I'd like to see the fight between him and, Re and Reed Roderick if it came to it. Um, but that sets the tone for the entire season. Puya, we had so many storylines overlapping in this first episode. But that's it. Did I miss anything? Um, Let me just quickly see. No, we talked about Ashley coming back. We mm -hmm. talked about all the stuff at the beginning. We mm -hmm. talked about how weird it is that the basketball games were being made <laughs> to seem like they were drug deals. It made no sense. <laughs> um, no, I think I think we've covered the the bulk of episode one. I think we are we're all set here, mm -hmm. and uh, all you know. All, oh no, we did not because but because because we did not talk about the Jazz and Hillary by the end of this episode becoming official. And mm. my favorite tweet of the week that I saw, someone tweeted and was like, I know Jazz didn't just get to kiss Karuchi and Coco Jones in the same episode in a I minute. Mean, give the man <laughs> a medal, okay? Give him a medal. <laughs> this is what happened when you stand up, Jazz. Yeah, after the party, Hillary gets even more jealous when she sees how Ivy is attaching to Jazz. Um, initially uh she's kind of like oh jazz you did this thing for me because jazz did the thing he did for hillary he showed her how to be an influencer you know showed her how like if i take a picture you know hillary basically did this for him like if i post your re uh your record store on the internet you'll get a lot of views blah blah, blah. that's kind of how her and, uh, hillary and jazz first met well here it is and now we have jazz and saweetie taking pictures with 
uh, Ivy's um, alcohol. I almost called it champagne, but I guess it's just like some type of like wine or something. I don't know. But they yeah. took a picture with it, and it's getting traction. So Ivy's like, oh, my God, Jazz, you're so sweet. Did you do this for me? He's like, I don't know. Sweetie just was thirsty or whatever. And next thing you know, she's kissing all over him. And that's it. Hillary can't take it anymore. Those little jealous uh, eyes started darting over there, and that was a wrap. She shuts it down. She says that her and Jazz are dating. And this is to the shock of Ivy and Jazz, because this is the first time Jazz is hearing about this. Hillary admits that she was sleeping on a good thing and that it was staring her right in her face the whole time. And she asked Jazz to be her man. There you go, Jazz. Know your worth. Be the prize. More women should propose for you. This was a lovely scene. <laughs> I'm very happy about it. I'm glad you're happy about it. Um, again, Jazz, Jazz and Jeffrey are in contention for the episode's MVP for me. Uh, but I would have to give the edge to Jeffrey for literally single-handedly healing the family. Um, I think Jeffrey did most of the legwork here to make that happen. But Jazz gets honorable mention because he ends up getting official with Hillary is what he wanted. Mm -hmm. And he gets Will off his couch, which is what he wanted. And yeah. now he gets the privacy of his home back. And yeah. he is dating Hillary. So that's a win as well. And the Karuchi kiss. Jazz, yeah, you, look, you're batting a thousand, sir. You did it. Um, yeah, this is good. I wonder if we're gonna see any drama from the the Jazz and Hillary uh, relationship because Hillary did have her trepidation about it. She wasn't ready to come public with it. Who knows what the family's gonna think? We know Will is a hundred percent in 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 support of this, but we really don't know what Aunt Viv and Uncle Phil think about Jazz in the original Fresh Prince. We know that they don't love Jazz. Jazz spent plenty of days flying out the front door of the bank's residence. Uh, and I don't really see that for this Jazz. So do you think that the family is going to be an issue in the Hillary and Jazz relationship? Uh, I don't think so. See, oh, the thing with the with you know the fact that this show is not a direct one-for-one -one redo of Fresh Prince is that this is a different jazz than the jazz we know from Fresh Prince. The jazz mm -hmm. we know from Fresh Prince, Uncle Phil wanted nothing to do with. Now, yeah. the jazz here, I think is going to be a lot more palatable. I mean, this jazz is not even like Will, where Will is a little bit more wild, a little bit more not following the rules. This jazz has a record store. He has an apartment. He's paying rent. He's doing well for himself. He's got a nice car. I don't see an issue here. I wonder what could be an issue if any yeah I, i'd like to see a little bit more references to the uh original well, series because we did, did get the, the, handshake. the handshake yeah yes, i lost my mind yeah but that's the that's the jazz and will that we know from yesteryear you know mm -hmm. from back in the day and so i wonder if you know some of that is going to seep into the jazz and hillary relationship with the parents i mean hillary was cautious for a reason so let's hope that you know it's nothing too extreme but i can definitely see there being some problems i i, re I rarely watch shows where a couple gets together and there's just no trouble in paradise that there has to be something coming and i hope it's not anything horrible but i definitely would love to see what the family thinks about jazz and hillary as an official couple um so if we got to get a couple more of those uh cool handshakes maybe jazz gets thrown out one time just for for, for laughs I'd take it uh, because I'm a I'm a big fan of this cast so far. I'm a big fan of the original Fresh Prince, as we as we know. But I kind of need Jazz and Hillary to run their course because I need to get the the, the moment, the skydiving moment. I need um, Hillary like 
You want you, Trevor? If, <laughs> if you have seen the original Fresh Prince of Bel Air, the Trevor thing is iconic. It's funny on the show. It would be horribly not funny on this show. But I think we just we can at least get like a Trevor cameo or reference or something like that. So I'm just holding out hope for that. But overall, Puya, I love the episode. It was a good time. It set us up for everything that we need to do this season. What did you think? I enjoyed it. My biggest problem potentially is that there were some moments in the finale of season one that kind of ended up being for nothing and yada yada. For example, the embrace between Carlton and Lisa at -hmm. the end when he goes to like see if Will's there. Like that moment does not matter unless it comes up later. Um, The money clip that Carlton passed Will, that never comes up. And and these are moments that also, you know, well, the cl- money clip was shown on the recap for the episode before we jumped in to the premiere. So I'm curious what that is, if that's going to come up or if they mm-hmm. kind of said, you know what, because they did, you know, the showrunners are different now. They're, they've changed mm-hmm. up a little bit. So I wonder if they just said, we're just going to start it this way and we'll see what happens. It's like, okay, we'll see what happens. I will say the music choice on this show is still elite. I absolutely yes. love so the first scene of season one, he's in Philly. We get Meek Mill. First scenes of season two, he's in L.A. We get Nipsey. Nipsey. Last time that I checked. <laughs> Perfect. So good. So, so good. So I cannot stop singing the praises of that. Um, there was a moment when he was in the school that uh, he was talking to Lisa. And was that his buddy that came through and said, check out my sh- my shoes? I couldn't tell, but I mean, you know how we feel about uh, the shoe game. Uh, was his name Tyler? Yeah, Tyler. Tyler's always got his shoes on lock. I don't think that was Tyler. It happened so fast, and they didn't even yeah. show the shoes. You know, I was looking. Uh, so <laughs> so I, I had to let that go because I was very annoyed that we didn't see the shoes. Um, But yeah, um, I loved it. I loved the episode. I loved the soundtrack. There was some city girls playing in the background at some point. Uh, sweetie of course as she should have been since she was in the show um so it delivered for me puya uh and i and i do have questions about some of the things we left along with last season we did get that embrace with carlton and lisa and now that lisa's single maybe that does lead carlton and lisa to be a thing now um carlton did give uh will that money clip and you know will paid him back quote unquote with his uh hustle money so Maybe that's what they're alluding to, but you're right. The soul runners are different, and so we could very well be going into a completely different direction. If you want to know what the showrunners were telling us, what they were thinking initially, please go back and listen to our content, our interview with um, TJ Newsom, uh, because it was incredible. It was a great, um, like a great moment to have, like as podcasters for sure. But at the same time, they gave us a lot of insight into what um, I'm sorry, TJ Brady and Rashad, Rashid Nisum, Um, They gave us a lot of insight into what they were thinking about season two. Uh, and now that they're no longer the showrunners, maybe we get a different direction. So go back, track that, and then see what we're going to do now that we have different people at the helm. Puya, it was fun. But we got to wrap things up, you know. Uh, so if you could, while we're on the way out, tell everybody where they can find you, what you've been working on, what you and I have been working on, and uh, tell them where, uh, where they can follow you on social media. Yes, y'all can find me on Twitter at Puyaism. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Puya. I do a lot of content there. Come through. Say hi. I would appreciate it. Aside from that, if you're looking for me on podcast, you can find me talking 90 Day Fiance, Mass Singer, and depending on what these feed situations look like, BB can 
over on the Reality Rehapos Network on Rob Has a Podcast. And Chappelle and I, earlier tonight, actually, Mm -hmm. did partake in a Survivor 44 draft. We've had a fun road to the draft with some roasting, some battles, some words were exchanged. We kept that same energy during the draft. That ended up being a lot of fun. And I think both of us like the teams we ended up getting. So you can check that out as well. And uh, we're looking forward to recapping this with y'all throughout the season. Chappelle and I love getting to talk to each other. And we don't really get a lot of avenues on podcasts. We talk offline, obviously. But yeah. it is a blessing, Chappelle, to get to, to co-pilot Bel Air with you once more. I'm very stoked we're back. No, nah, this is fun. My favorite podcast to do. Don't tell anybody. Uh, but I, I really enjoy hosting this one with you, Puya. And, you know, like like Puya said, check out our appearance on the Survivor Draft on Rob Has a Podcast. It was a good time. Uh, also on Rob Has a Podcast, uh, I'm still covering Netflix shows with Rob Sesternino. This week on Nothing But Netflix, our podcast where we talk about the number one up-and-coming trending shows on, on Netflix. We talked about the movie. Uh, we have a ghost starring Anthony Mackie. So go subscribe to Nothing But Netflix to keep up with that content or to go hear me talking about uh, a very silly movie. Uh, we have a ghost uh, with Rob Sesternino. Uh, post-show recaps. I am currently uh, hosting the Snowfall podcast. Uh, Myself, Mari, and LaTanya are covering season six of Snowfall. We dropped the preview podcast. We've done the first episode. So if you're a Snowfall fan, go check that out. Snowfall, a post-show recap. Subscribe to post-show recaps. You'll get that on your feed. And you can also kind of look at our new feed because we're trying to consolidate some of our older feeds together. And so a lot of that is coming your way soon. But if you follow post-show recaps, Subscribe to Post Show Recaps. You'll see our Snowfall coverage, and we'll tell you what to do from there. Uh, also, Season 2 of Abbott Elementary is in full swing. So Gia Worthy and myself are covering sec- Season 2 of Abbott every other week, dropping an episode. Uh, there's 22 episodes a season. We're not doing 22 podcasts a season. So every other week, we should have content coming uh, toward you uh, to recap the things that happened in the previous two weeks. So check that out. Subscribe to Abbott Elementary, a post show recap to get more coverage of that. And then I'll also be talking about Grey's Anatomy with Ariel over on post show recaps on our podcast, Grey's Anatomy's Anatomy. And this is Ellen Pompeo's last season as a series regular. So Ariel and I thought it would be a good idea to look back at some of Meredith Grey's most defining moments and talk through some of the crazy twists and turns that took place during the 19th season run of Grey's Anatomy so far. We'll also cover the current season. You know, we're going to talk about it maybe every month or so, like kind of recap what's going on because there's a billion episodes of Grey's and we ain't doing all them podcasts. So check that out as well. Over on Silent Podcast, I was just on uh, with Isaiah, Sasha, and Ty talking about Big Brother 6. So check that out on YouTube or um, wherever you get your podcast uh, by following Silent Podcast. You can also follow at Silent Podcast on Twitter to keep up with that. Um, I recently did a podcast on Silent Podcast where we talked about uh, Marvel shows. We talked about a Marvel movie, actually. We did Ant-Man and the Wasp uh quantum mania so if you want to hear me and my frat brother gabe talking about that check it out on silent podcast it's also on youtube and then of course on silent podcast fiji forever hosted by my abbott elementary co-host gia worthy is uh wrapping up she just covered the first season of survivor fiji and she's up to the finale and i will be her special guest for that so check that out on silent podcast as well and then if you have a moment go check out uh this guy's instagram uh account his name is steve underscore versus underscore the world and he is looking for a kidney so go check it out um help amplify his message uh, if you want to donate some money, you're free to do that. I'm not telling you to do so, but just go check it out. Maybe go follow him and maybe his story will inspire you to uh, help somebody out. Um, but you can follow me on Twitter at Chappelle's underscore show for more updates on everything I'm talking about. But that's it. Puya, it's been fun. 
This has been a great time. I'm so happy to have you back here to talk about season two of Bel Air. We're going to knock out these next few seasons. It's going to go so quickly. And then I guess we're going to wait another year for the show to come back. Um, hopefully it's not that long because I really like talking about this show with you. So if you all are like enjoying listening to Puya and I, remember subscribe to Bel Air and post your recaps. Subscribe to post your recaps. Leave us five-star reviews. And tune in next week when we cover season two episode two of Bel Air. Until next time, we'll talk to you all later. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.